Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly smartphone podcast from the team at Tech Advisor. I'm your host for this week, Henry Burrell. Unfortunately, we all send our uh, west- best wishes to Don Preston, our usual host. He's got a case of the uh, Aoife Lurgy. Um, we have been in Germany over the last uh, weekend and he's clearly under the weather, so we wish him well. I have the uh, capable hands of Lewis Painter and Anaren Copeland to help me, though. How are you guys? <laughs> Not too bad. It's been a long week. It's been a long couple of weeks. <laughs> you, you, two managed to, you two managed to dodge dodge going to uh, Berlin somehow. Um, somehow. Yeah. I had a wedding, so yeah. Was, uh, oh, of course. We all got a wedding. <laughs> I, can re- I can reassure you that it was just as busy as here. Yeah, I know everyone. Everyone has been uh, pooling resource uh, and it's been a busy old time, as we say every week uh, in smartphone land. Oh, yes. So... We look forward to talking to and with you about that. If you are watching along live, please do ask questions and uh, chip in in the chat. But uh, is Apple week? It was Apple's big far out announcement yesterday. That's right, isn't it? That's what it was called. Um, it is indeed. And more than anything else, there was just tons of stuff. And they talked about the Apple Watch for 45 minutes before anything else. So <laughs> we've got a lot to talk about today. It's the Apple Bonanza special. Uh, uh, but before that, I will race through five uh, important, I would say, little bits of news uh, from the Android side of things this week, just to, just to keep it level. So uh, cast your minds back to a whole seven days ago. Remember that? Seems like a long time ago in smartphone land. Uh, Sony surprised us all. Uh, the rumors were it was gone, but the Sony Xperia 5 Mark IV is a reality. Uh, the smaller version, they used to be called Compact, but now they just call it something like a, that looks like a you know a Roman gravestone. Uh, the Sony Xperia 5 Mark IV <laughs> is here, and it's a smaller version of the One. It's a little bit cheaper as well. And Iron, what do you think about this uh, uh, this phone, which is going to come in a few I... hundred pounds less than the Xperia One Mark IV? Yeah, I've reviewed a couple of the Xperias, um, and I was really surprised because I thought when it didn't come with the, the 1 and the 10 earlier in the year, I thought, right, that's it, it's done. Um, because it's this awkward middle ground where it's clearly not as good as the Xperia 1. <laughs> yeah. Um, but only a bit better than the Xperia 10 to the point at which it's around that price point, there are better phones for that money. So unless you're into these really niche Sony-specific features, um, I can see why it doesn't particularly sell very well. And I wonder... There doesn't seem to be like a, a huge radical shift with this new model to make me think that it's going to do much better. Sony's crazy. Like it's done these three phones, like you say, the 10, <laughs> the 5 and the and the 1. The 10 is real cheap and it's not going to attract that niche crowd. I'm not entirely sure who's buying that phone. Um, then the 1, like you say, is right up at the top end. I think in the UK, it's like £12.99. Mm. In the US, it's like nearly $1,600 or something. And then you've got the 5, which has been announced later, supposedly coming at the end of the month, beginning of October. And it's about nine hundred and fifty pounds, I think. Mm. And it drops the uh, the moving optical zoom. It's got a it's got a less resolution on the screen. It's not four K, but it does have wireless charging. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, the early reviews we, we should have one in soon, but they say that it overheats because they've crammed a oh. five thousand milliamp hour battery into this tiny little phone. So I mean, I don't know. They just do it because they can. Sony makes money in other departments, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> what, what is the screen? You, you is, think so? Yeah. What is the screen size on? Oh, you're testing me now. Uh, <laughs> I, it's it's small, smaller. <laughs> As I desperately scroll through the article that I wrote about a week ago, but I can't remember. Uh, 6.1. So it's okay, the so it's same not, not screen size as your Pixel 6a, but it's taller because they do the 21 by 9 thing. 
So okay. I suppose that's pretty good for like scrolling. We we all we all scroll, doom scroll. That's a nice scrolly size, and then you can watch films in the correct aspect ratio on the side. Let us know if you're interested in buying that phone. Uh, I think I'll be reviewing that one. We'll find out. Um, it's an Ooh. interesting one. Sony soldiers on. So uh, second up, a phone I've actually also reviewed and was uh, unveiled at IFA. Uh, for its European and UK releases, the Honor 70. It's a £479 phone. Uh, and it's pretty good. I quite like it. It's got, it's got some strange emissions for the price. Like, we're always going to compare it now to the Pixel 6a or something like the Nothing Phone 1, which I've kind of spoiled us this year for, like, £400. Um, great mid-range phones, like, great camera on the Pixel, high refresh rate display, and wireless charging on nothing. So yeah, Honor, Honor's done well here. It's trying to not be Huawei. They've told me that many times when I met with them uh, this week. <laughs> it looks like a Huawei phone because <laughs> the software is still EMUI. They just call it Magic UI 6.1. Um, but it's a very solid phone. The battery life's really good. The main camera's really good. And it's got 120 hertz display. So, I mean, if you can pick it up, perhaps on a little dealio, that is one uh, to look out for. Speaking of Huawei, also announced at IFA over in Berlin was, uh, the, for, again for Europe, is the uh, Huawei Nova 10 and 10 Pro. And then these are kind of what <laughs> what the Honor 70 is, except they're Huawei, so they only have 4G and you can't get Google mobile services on them. Uh, Dom uh, currently in absentia is getting this one for review. And the big thing here is 60 megapixel dual selfie cameras. So uh, Wow. That's pretty cool. I don't really know what they're gonna do, but the phone. <laughs> what they for? <laughs> no, fine. No. Um, but it's interesting that while we are still pushing ahead, I kind of understand how they would still put uh, tablets out in this market. Interesting that they're still going ahead with phones. There, you're gonna to have to go on with app gallery and side loading apps if you really, really don't uh, need Google services. I think um, Dom's actually put a hands on on the channel. Oh, of he that, does of the um, the Nova Tempro. Yep. So if you want to take a little look at that. Videos of Nova 10 Pro uh, right there on the channel uh, and also of the Honor 70 as well. So yeah, good point, Lewis. Good self-promotion. Um, it will actually Ooh. double up with Huawei here because they also announced this week, not at EVA at the moment, this is China only and it's two years since the Mate 40 and now we have a Huawei Mate 50. Now I know, Lewis, you were a Mate evangelist um, back when you yes. could get Google Maps on it. But... Uh, oh. but um, these look like, I genuinely think these look like interesting phones. That's not to say that we're going to end up reviewing them and recommending them. One, because we don't, don't yes. even know if they're coming to the UK or Europe yet. But the Mate 50 <laughs> series has the Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1, but only 4G. There we so. go. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the end of the world. I mean, no. a lot of people don't really take full use of uh, for a 5G. I don't even have 5G signal at my house, actually. Nope. And... Yeah, if it's got that that high powered uh, that high powered chip, then perhaps this will be attractive, and I'm sure it's going to do fairly well in China. The most interesting thing about uh, these phones, and I'm, I'm talking about the Mate 50 and 50 Pro here, is that they have a variable aperture main sensor. And now we saw that on the Samsung Galaxy S9 back in the day, and then Samsung just <laughs> didn't do it on the S10. Never bothered to do it again. That one automatically changed between two different apertures. If I've got this correct, yeah. this one you can change between ten different steps. To adjust the Ooh, focal uh, point between that's very cool. between uh, f uh, 1.4 and 4.0. Now, if that wow. if that's well calibrated, that sounds nuts, and it sounds like kind of yeah. uh, an alternative to what like Xiaomi's doing with the 12 uh, S Ultra um, with just a huge sensor. If you can adjust the aperture like that, 
pretty cool to do it in hardware rather than the software. So I think that looks like an interesting mm-hmm. one. And it also beat Apple by one day uh, by announcing that it's uh, compatible with satellite communications. Only Classic. China's Beidou uh, <laughs> system. And it can only go. send and not receive messages. But it can connect to ah. satellites. China only for the moment. Uh, looks pretty pricey. We'll keep an eye out for that. And then just finally to round off our usual five-piece segment, right at the other end of the scale in terms of pricing, we have the Poco M5 and M5S. Uh, Lewis forgot that he'd written the news story for this one, so (laughs) that's the kind of week that it's been. But Xiaomi's uh, sub-brand says, uh, and um, this is a paraphrasing here, but it's gaming on a flagship level, and it costs from €189. So I'm looking forward to challenging that. I have the phone, the M5, in for review. It's got a Helio G99 chip, which doesn't exactly grab smartphone headlines around the world. But you've got a 90 hertz, 6.5 inch LCD. Let me see if I can make that phone blow up by playing lots of games on it. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, they they did do a pretty good job of the the mid-range gaming phones and they, they normally follow through on their promise. So that'll be an interesting one to look at. So that's the roundup of the most interesting things in Android this week. And while we normally don't develop an entire show to one brand, it is Apple. Sorry. And you, you could, we, can, we can look at the good and the bad side of yesterday's Apple announcement. Um, we got iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Pro, three new Apple Watches, and some new AirPods. Uh, was there anything that wasn't announced that you two were hoping would be announced yesterday? Or do you think that pretty much went as we were expecting? Um, I mean, from the from a rumor standpoint, that was pretty much everything that they were expecting. There wasn't that where, you know, you usually get that thing where there's a couple of products where they're like, oh, it's definitely coming. And then there's just nothing about it. I, I was a little bit skeptical about the AirPods Pro mm. 2 because I did think there was a lot going on at the event with, with three models of Apple Watch and four models of iPhone. But they crammed it all in. I'll give them that. that. They did. <laughs> and we're going to switch up the uh, the proceedings. I mean, like we, we could do it in the order Apple did it. And as I said earlier, they spent a hell of a lot of time on the Apple Watch stuff, which is interesting. But this is a phone show primarily. Yes. So with phones, we shall begin. Uh, let's just dive in. Like, Lewis, you covered mainly on the on the night uh, the iPhone 14, the regular models. What's your, what's your take on those? I mean, they look very similar to the 13. Yeah, it's... Um... <clears throat> It's an interesting one. I think it's a, it's a very interesting year for Apple because they're obviously trying to create more of a split between the standard and the pro lines. And that means that more than usual, there's a lot more similarities between this and last year's model. Um, I think we should probably start with the big one, which is the fact that they come with the same processor. As last year. As last yeah. year. Mm. Yeah, Not yeah. Not usual. So, uh, I mean, <clears throat> no. Technically, it's the uh, slightly more powerful version that was in the pro models rather than the standard iPhone 13. But... Still, this is the A15. Um, first time they've ever done that. They've deviated from their yearly up- upgrade schedule. And they say it's because that the A15 is still pretty much more powerful than all the Android competition. Which is kind of true. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you look at the benchmarks. Yeah. So I, I tend not to include the iPhone because it just skews everything out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of get it. And it, yeah, it does kind of then push more people towards the pro line who do want that top line performance and all those pro features. It makes it a bit more tempting than than previous years, I'd say. Um, so I think that's the only kind of weak point if you look at it like that. I think um, what's exciting is that you've got a 6.7-inch non-pro iPhone now. Yeah, mm. so That's the iPhone 14 Plus. So they ditched the mini. 
the Mini is no more. Uh, pull one out. As we all... You can still buy it. <laughs> we've known if you really want a Mini, you can still buy one. But we, yeah. yeah, like you say, we've known, right? But... And they've gone back to Plus for the first time since the iPhone 8 Plus, I think. Yes. Wow, Anira, and your camera My is ca- straight. Yeah. Whoa. Let me... Oh, I'm that's how furious Nyron is about the death of the mini. Oh no! <laughs> For anyone listening back on audio, Nyron has just uh, entered some sort of creepy let me, let me, metaverse. Let me try and figure that one out. I'll stay yeah, on, we'll I'll stay on audio. Yeah, we're gonna we're still joining. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, it, they've got rid of the, the 13 mini at uh, the, well, the mini phone in yeah. general. Um, that was expected. They they pretty much rumored that last year with the release of the 13 Mini. They were like, "This is it. This is the last one. There's no more." Because even to that point, the 12 Mini hadn't sold that well. It's a shame, isn't I it? I suppose they just made so many of them that they just had to give it. Yeah, I mean, year a company like units. Apple, like uh, they they work in such high volumes, right? That they probably sold more Minis than like some flagship phones of other brands. Yeah, but that's not enough. And clearly, people say they like small phones, and then they go and buy big ones. Hey, he's back. So yeah, now we have a bigger iPhone, um, and yeah. you, I mean, you you tend to go for bigger iPhones, um, don't you, Lewis? I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, um, I I always go for the big screen iPhone, even the six point one inch of the standard Pro model. I thought was too bit too small for me, so I've always wanted the six point seven inch, and that's what's always frustrated me because I don't, you know, you're then forced to pay over a grand for the the Pro Max, and mm. you know, if you're not going to make use of that high end camera or the hundred twenty hertz display, like if you don't care about any of that, then you're you're spending an extra three four hundred pounds on something that you don't really care about just because you want a bigger screen. So that's something I wanted to um, ask you both about actually, just as you mentioned it, like the the refresh rate thing, because we mm. we're always deep in the weeds uh here in Techland. and so <laughs> when you know we see people saying that the you know the the, the pixel 6a which is 399 you know dollars or pounds or whatever it is uh, and that has yeah. 60 hertz display and that's an outrage but then i've personally seen less <laughs> online outrage about the 800 dollar iphone 13 uh, 14 sorry also the 13 mm-hmm. having only a 60 hertz display I, I still believe that a lot of people don't know what that means and they don't really care. 100%. Do you think Apple is pulling a fast one here? What do you make of the fact oh. that that phone still has 60 hertz? It's it's, it's just a differentiator. That's, oh. that's, that's all it is. It's just a differentiator between the standard and the pro models. Like, um, uh, for me, me personally, I love the 120 hertz. Like, I notice it, but I think that's because, like you say, we're in this you know industry. We yeah. specifically look for these things and notice these things. Um, but I think for most people, it will be a case of, oh, that screen looks nice, but I don't know why. <laughs> and then they'll just go back to their phone and not really care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, no, I, what do you think of Niren? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that I find that when I'm reviewing a phone, I really, if I turn on the high refresh rate on any phone, I really love it. But then if I'm using a phone longer term, particularly ones where, I mean, battery life shouldn't be a big problem on these phones, but on some of the more budget models that I test, you know, I just end up dropping it down to 60 and I'll rather have the extra battery life and it's not a huge difference for me so it's not it's not going to be a deal breaker for most people buying these phones it won't be a problem because maybe they haven't experienced a 120 hertz iphone or um for them as long as the screen looks really nice which it does the, the refresh rate is not such such an issue for them yeah i tend to agree like i've been um, i've been using the ios 16 uh, beta on an iphone 12 pro max which is also a 60 hertz panel 
and like I just I've just forgotten about high refresh rate screens. It doesn't annoy me <laughs> yeah. on the daily. I then go and use something else for in a review or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, that looks pretty nice. But Apple does calibrate yeah. their displays really well. But Lewis, I want to bring it back to what you're saying about the, the general differentiation. I think compared to last year, if we have a little look at what you're missing out by not getting the Pro this year, there's a much bigger gap, isn't there? The the 14 Pro. Yeah as we saw yesterday, has introduced the unbelievably named Dynamic Island. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a Love Island spin-off show, but we've got... Yeah. So, so basically, there was a notch, and it bothers tech journalists, but it doesn't bother consumers. And Apple has decided to do away with that. And so all the dummies we were seeing in leaks, they had the... It split away from the screen, hence the term island. Yeah. And you have a... If you, as you're looking at the phone... Oh. Is there somebody at my door? I just need to check if there's somebody is there at my door. Is there someone at the door? Carry on. <laughs> oh, I'll carry on here then. So yeah, the dynamic island is uh, it's interesting because yeah, um, instead of having just a standard hill cutout, what we're looking at here is... False oh, alarm. False alarm. So you say, well, instead of the standard just um, hill cutout, they're doing something a little bit more exciting with it, which is kind of incorporating it into the software side mm. of things, which is something we haven't seen before. Um, hate the name. Love the idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because like no one predicted this none of the leaks uh foresaw nope. that we kind of heard a couple of days they're like oh they're going to just gray out the middle bit and i was like why are they going to do that but I, yeah. I must hold my hands up and say that uh it is quite clever of apple to take a what is kind of become almost like a flaw in a product that that smartphone manufacturers have had mm. to deal with and then make that part of the experience it's very clever mm. it is because I, 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 and I, will, yeah, I wasn't. I, oh, sorry, going on. Aaron. I was going to say, I wonder when Apple first introduced Notch was it iPhone 10? I think they were maybe was, thinking yeah. the under-display camera technology would have improved to the extent that they could put one in the iPhone, but because it's still not there, and as we're seeing that the quality is because selfies are really important to many people who buy iPhones. Oh yeah, that they're like, how can we make it seem new and exciting, but also genuinely useful and not feel like it's this trade-off because. We maybe talk about it in the reviews, oh, there's still a notch, and these Android phones have got smaller ones or under-display selfie cameras. Um, but then when it comes to most people buying an iPhone, they're not too bothered about that. It feels like Apple's kind of solved the problem in a way. Yeah, I think it, I think it has done. Uh, I'd be interested to see what general reaction would have been if an Android manufacturer would have done it. My, uh, mm. my gut feeling is that Apple can do it because... Yeah. It only has to make that one phone and it can put all that resource into doing it and it controls yeah. all, all of the stack. Um, it looks very cool. It kind of almost reminds me when it goes long like that. Do you remember when uh, Samsung first did those little pill notifications on the S8 and they still do them today? They oh, just yeah. Like that and then yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. And it, so, also, so we got that and that's a differentiator. It looks different and that's the main thing year to year, right? If you want people to know you've got the new iPhone, you buy the one that looks a bit different. It's also pur there's also yeah. a purple one, which is nice for all mm. you purple heads out there. Um, not Bora purple though. That's Samsung's realm, calling it purple purple. <laughs> I think it's deep purple. Purple purple. Um, you also have for the first time ever on an iPhone a main camera or any camera with a megapixel count over 12. Now what? that clearly didn't matter uh, to Apple because we've tested them and for the past few years uh, specifically, they've been very, very good uh, with computational photography. But... Oh, yeah. Maybe the next step is beefing up the megapixel count. So we've got a 48 megapixel main sensor on the 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max. Um, looks impressive what they can do. Basically, bigger sensor size equals more low light capability. 
Um, but there's a few more smarts. They've improved deep fusion, so they say, which is where they take you know composite of a lot of images and fuse it into one thing. Um, I mean, I was writing about this phone yesterday, and some of the some of the stuff in this presentation, I would it applies to the Apple Watch as well as the iPhone. I was like, is this new, or are they just saying yeah. that it's also got it, but it's <laughs> probably building on the 13 Pro as well. I think we can safely say that there will be some improvements, but one thing I did notice yesterday is that Apple in a couple of its press releases just said think a very vague thing. I mean, it's already, already relatively vague when it talks about these things, but it normally compares them to the last generation of its own phone. And this yes. year it just said, you know, X percent better than competitors, and it didn't mention its older one, which probably shows you that if you've got a 13 Pro, you're all right. Unless you want it to look different. I, what I... <laughs> The one thing I really liked about the um, the 48 meg inclusion is that you can you've now got this kind of digital two meg telephoto. Yes. Um, so it crops into the center 12 meg sense uh, image. So it's still like a full res image. Mm -hmm. It's just closer. Um, and I think that's just a nice little way of doing that because I do think that the three time zoom on the the pro models is a little bit much sometimes and. You know, I did have the two, the two times I always did prefer from the older models. The three times is a little bit much, so I'm, I'm just happy to have that option back more than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, and again, for the second year in a row with the Pros, uh, you don't lose any hardware features if you opt for the smaller Pro over the Pro Max. So the, uh, the yeah. Pro Max this year, it, they've managed to, I was looking in <laughs> at the specs last night. Uh, they said things again, like, you know, the all-day battery life and i'm like what is that does that mean it's not better than the last generation and they bumped up the video playback by one hour so the 14 pro Whoa. max they promised 29 hours of uh playback whereas the third apparently the the regular one might be uh so because when they announced the the, the 14 plus they said the 14 plus has the longest life of any iphone yeah I, that so i don't understand I why at that and that's not it's less than the 14 pro max <laughs> They lied. I think they what say they things mean? like the most of any iPhone, but then they would have said they're not including the ones of any generation. Yeah, I yeah. think that's what they did because okay, I went and done. looked, and they bumped it up one year, one hour from the 13 Pro Max, but then the other three Pro and the other two main models are still less. I mean, they're going to have good Fair. battery life, um, and that's why you would go for the yeah. biggest one, or, or if you want the the larger display. Um, but I'm actually sitting here now trying to think what else was new on the third, on the 14 Pros, uh, if, if anything. Um, you've got the A16, better efficiency. Um, so you've got the, and especially their efficiency cores, they were really happy about their efficiency cores on the A16 because they said that even um, their, their, their efficiency cores use up a third less power than even the most efficient of the Android mm -hmm. side. So they're, they're hoping for significant gains, I think, in the battery performance area this year um and then obviously you've got things that i mean they're not exclusive to the pro but you've got things like satellite connectivity yes. mm. um <clears throat> which is a very <clears throat> it's a new feature i mean it's not it, apple wasn't the first <laughs> there are a couple of of people that got out there a couple of phones that got out there just before but i think the iphone will be the first that actually ships yeah um, you're probably right with that tech yeah um so i feel like they're still going to be first um so yeah they worked with apple worked with um a lot of people by the sounds of it this yeah. in the, the segment in the in the event went on for about five ten minutes we're talking about all the how the ways they developed it but essentially what they've done is they've packed all the hardware that you'd expect to find in a satellite phone into the antenna of your iphone um and then when you're in an area with no cell signal you can just 
point at a satellite. You have to keep it locked on, the satellite, as it moves across the sky. So you have to keep pointing at it. But there's a fun little UI that tells you where it is and where you're pointing. Mm -hmm. And then you can send text messages and contact emergency services if you need to do that kind of thing and update your find my location if you want to just check in and, and things like that. Um, starting off in the US and Canada, it's going to be free for two years, but it's going to be paid. For. It's going to yeah, be yeah. I thought for that after was that. interesting. Ooh. It didn't mention how much it would cost, and this is uh, no. Yeah, they're really going to have to get the buy-in because they were like you say, it was a longer section where they're explaining the relay of different, uh, you know, human interactions that have to happen in different systems and emergency services, yeah. etc. For for this to actually work, so I wonder how many countries it will roll out to and how quick. But yeah, I don't know how much that would cost or how that would be billed. Um, but no, it'd be really interesting. Yeah. Inter it is it'd interesting. Yeah. I think um, it would be better if they build you kind of retrospectively, like after you used it. <laughs> Imagine that you're mm. in a situation where you've got no cell signal and you really need to make an emergency call and you can't because your, your, your subscription ran out last oh, week. Rather than, a yeah. so hope, rather than a subscription, maybe it would just be build on usage. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. We've got two years to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, safety feature that um, I, I will call uh, the, to the opinion I, I saw on Twitter today of uh, our former colleague, Ed, uh, Ed Coulthard, yes. um, and he tweeted a good point. But so basically, the new iPhone 14s, they all have car crash detection, uh, which is also in the Google Pixel series already. Uh, so this isn't Apple's. Um, Apple's not the first, but if it detects through various forces applied in and around the phone, uh, if you've been in a car accident, it will ask you if you have been, and if you're within reach of that, you can either say no, I haven't, or you can. Uh, directly contact emergency services so it's not just bagging on apple here because other companies probably should be thinking it but ed raised a great point when he said rather than companies uh doing something like car crash detection shouldn't they have features that dissuade people from using their phones in the first place you know it's not actually making any it's not making road safety safer because obviously like a the car crash would hopefully have nothing to do with your phone it's simply a tool yeah and he was saying, yeah. shouldn't there be, th I mean, we've got things like driving mode and things like that that, that turn on when I'm on the train. Um, but yeah, I was just, it was just a little point, don't necessarily need to discuss it, but maybe they should be thinking about encouraging people to, you know, put their phone down at the wheel. Um, although we, we won't completely bag them for, for having added a safety feature. No, I do like that. That is like a fun little feature to have yeah. if you do need yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. There is there. I mean, the obvious reason as to why they're not doing that is because people wouldn't buy a phone that stops that, that restricts them from using it when they want to do uh, it. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, one thing that I thought they would discuss more uh, is, well, actually, we we've already had them present the new lock screen uh, at WWDC, which is why they didn't maybe talk about it for quite so long last night, uh, where you can. Yeah, one of the main visual new things about iOS 16. So it's not only uh, going to come to iPhone 14 uh, Pro, but iPhone 14 Pro will be the only one that has an always-on display function. I thought they were going to talk about that for way longer, and they were just like, "Yeah, it's got this now. Let's, let's get on with it." Because <laughs> I know it can turn on, it can stay yeah. on. It's fine. Let's but compared to Android uh, always-on displays on lots of uh, phones, uh, which generally black out and then just in small spindly white writing will show you the time and a few notifications. This just looks like a grayed out version of your wallpaper. Um, and I think that that's yeah. pretty cool. What do, what do you make of it? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's classic Apple, isn't it? They're like, well, we can do it. We just do it slightly better than everybody else. But yeah. I mean, um, I'm, 
I don't really care about always on display tech if I'm being completely with my iPhone anyway, because I find that the tap to wake and the raise to wake on iPhone and the fact that your screen turns on whenever you get a notification anyway means that I don't really need to look at my phone at any point when it's not on. Um, I mean, I'll probably be persuaded when I start <laughs> using it and then I'll be like, oh my God, yeah, this is really handy. But right now I'm kind of like, it's, it's, it's a fine feature to have, like it's a nice thing to say and it's it's another area where Apple is now catching up to the competition. Um, but I think even they've acknowledged that they're a little bit late to the game on this. Mm. Like it's been on the Apple Watch for years at this point. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense on a watch, doesn't it? Because uh, if you were just to glance down on your wrist yeah. without doing that whole motion towards your face, then exactly, it makes yeah. sense that it would show you the time. I find myself glancing at Android phones, um, you know, to see the time on the, on the desk or what have you. But like you say, with mm. the iPhone, it, it, you can tap anywhere on the screen pretty reliably uh, and the time comes up. What do you think, Anira? Do you think they're a bit too late to this? Are you surprised oh. that it's taken them this long? Yeah, but I mean, I knew they were always they were always going to wait and make sure they did something that was more functional, offered something better than any of the competition mm-hmm. in the, in their in their opinion anyway. Um, I mean, I don't even when I have a test phone with an always on display. I mean, I'll test it for the purposes of that, but I won't. It's not a key feature. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to just stick it on the pro models for now, and then they can say next year, oh, it's down to the regular models. It's because it's not it's not an obviously pro high end feature. It's just something that's useful for day to day usage. <laughs> I think if you're going for one of the regular models, I don't think people are going to miss out, and they're not going to be buying certainly not going to be buying the pro for a feature like this. Yeah, it does have that LTPO display, doesn't it? So it can ramp it right down to one hertz. So um, as ever, Apple is probably going to do it last, but do it pretty efficiently. Um, as well. So the, the last thing I maybe wanted to touch on, we can also continue to talk about them as well, but the uh, the iPhone 14 Pro at least is a very expensive phone. In the UK at yes. least it's more expensive than last year and it starts at the regular model from uh, £1,099 uh, and then in the US it's $999 or uh, €1,329. Um, that's, that's an expensive phone and I know that a lot of people do buy iPhones on contract. Um, but some of the pricing differences are pretty big as well. And over in India, there's a huge price difference uh, for, for the new iPhones. And then you're looking at, uh, you know, £1,199 for the, the cheapest uh, 14 Pro Max or, you know, $1,099. I mean, this is comparable to uh, rival products, so it shouldn't uh, yeah. put off many, many buyers. And if there's any company in the world that people will buy products for even though they can't really afford them it's apple but what do you make of those prices are oh, we yeah. gonna have we hit the ceiling yet or is it going to go up again next year for apple i mean i hope we've hit the ceiling because i can't afford this <laughs> for much longer <laughs> but i mean i think i think you know the pro models are very expensive but i think what a lot of people are swept over at this point is the fact that even this it's more expensive to get an iphone this mm. year because there's no mini model yeah. so there's no cheaper entry point so you're you're then stuck at the um the 799 slash 849 right. uh, for, yeah. uh, for the iPhone for the standard iPhone 14, whereas last year you could get the iPhone 13 mini for $699. Oh. Um, so yeah, so you've just kind of missed out on a whole bunch of people there that weren't able to get the iPhone this year. So that is annoying. I was hoping that Apple would have done, I'm not going to say the right thing, but a nice thing and just kind of knocked the, the 14 down and then put the 14 plus where the last year's 13 would have been just to keep it nice mm. and even. Oh. But inflation... People mm. need to make money. I mean, you know, Apple is such a poor, poor little company. It has basically no money. It needs to get everything that it can. Uh, it's re- it's <laughs> relentless, isn't it? And it, it's, it's, it's really leaning into uh, selling the old models as well. I mean, Apple used to just cut 
all models and they just only mm. sell the new ones. But now this year, we've, yeah. just, we've only just yesterday lost the iPhone 11. You could buy a brand new iPhone 11 from Apple <laughs> until yesterday. And you can currently mm. buy uh, an iPhone 12 from Apple as well. I believe in US dollars, it's five nine nine. Um, so I think, I think that's the same price you can buy the, the 13 mini for as well. Yes, it seems like as well as those older models, it's also pushing people towards the SE if you want this kind of no frills, the essential iPhone core iPhone experience, not only in terms of the feature set and the design, but also now in terms of screen size. If you want a small iPhone, really, the SE is your only option now. Unless yeah. you go for an older model. The SE is just leave it for garbage, it. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If it was if it was a you know a rebadged iPhone 13 mini, then I'd be like, yeah, the SE is 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 the one to get. But in its current state, it's still not great, is it? Let's be real. No, no, it's passable, and it's interesting that it also runs this exactly the same technically uh, software that the 14 Pro Max will will be running for about 700 pounds more. Um, yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's interesting that they're differentiating the low end like that, being like, if you really just want this one, get this one. But then this is a year where we've seen big differences between the 14 uh, and the 14 Pro. Is there anything else you want to say on these, Lewis? I mean, what, what, which one are you going to be getting? Oh, <laughs> if money's no object, I'm going for the Pro Max. Of yeah, course, you're a Pro Max I love, guy. I, I just, I'm Pro Max. I need the big screen, and I also want that dynamic island. I'm all over that. <laughs> I mean, we actually we touched on it. We did. I mean, uh, there are some very cool use cases, and if anything. Apple's big advantage is that all third-party developers are going to want to use that, right? They're going to want to show off about oh, what yeah. they can do with it. Um, and so, I mean, they showed last night, you know, it turns into a little square uh, when you have, you know, using Face ID. One I quite like the look of was that um, where it uses it to display important information from other apps but lets you do other stuff. So you yeah. can see, like, when your Uber is arriving in how many minutes. And then there was one which turned into quite a cute little uh, sports scoreboard as well. But I wonder what um, other yeah. other apps will come up with because that is quite a clever idea. Although uh, it does remind me of the uh, secondary display of the LG V10. Maybe Apple, you, you both look at me very uh, blank, blank looks mm. there. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> there was a little ticker display, 2015, I think. The V20 have it as wow. well, and the HTC U Ultra. They were these Android phones that had a main display and then a literal second display at the top. Oh, and yes, I remember now. Yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking you about. Could, like preview notifications, yeah. or you could scroll through little uh, different different things. They were, they, were the, they were the forebearers. They walked so Apple could run. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they look very cool. Uh, you can pre-order them from tomorrow as we record, which is Friday the 9th of September. Uh, I'd probably be ready yep. to uh, get in quickly if you want the purple one. I noticed as well that the 14 Plus... Uh, is available uh, a week. Uh, you can you can pre-order it tomorrow, but it's not available until a week after or so, even longer maybe. The other ones. It's longer. It's uh, it's not yeah. out until the seventh of October. Seventh mm. of October, and the others will go on full yeah. sale on the sixteenth of September. So it's a, a quick turnaround, but a bit like we had uh, for the the twelve phones. You're gonna have to wait a bit longer for the new model. Bit of supply chain issue there that we see rarely from Tim Cook, the supply chain master. Just a final note before we move on to the <laughs> Apple Watch. Uh, Tim Cook was today at the Code Conference uh, in the States, and he was asked a question from the floor from a guy, uh, so I read, who was asking, you know, is he really going to adopt RCS? Or is Apple going to help address the green bubble situation? And I don't know if I would call it a PR crisis, but uh, Tim, Tim Cook answered pretty frankly, because the guy apparently <laughs> said something to the effect of, you know, my mum has an Android phone and I can't send her videos. And he just said, well, you'll have to buy your mum an iPhone. 
So uh, I know. it's again That's so though. annoying because I, I really want RCS support. Like it's going to be so like, I know it's a very US centric thing because um, a lot of us just use WhatsApp everywhere else and it's fine. But, you know, if I could have WhatsApp essentially built into my messages app, then I'll take it. I don't understand why it's not a thing that Apple, Apple, uh, Apple would want. Well, I know why, yeah. but <laughs> we've seen yeah. all the emails uh, that were that were published, uh, you know, around the time of the, the hearings in the states, where you know Steve Jobs and you know everyone was just like saying, "Oh, we should open up," and they were like, "No," because then people will just buy Android phones. So we know why, but it's just interesting <laughs> to hear the CEO just blatantly be like, "Nope, we're not going to do it." But as you say, it's a it's a US thing, really, because mm-hmm. I only really personally ever open the Messages app to get those flipping Microsoft Authenticator text messages. Uh, like you say, everyone, <laughs> everyone here is uh, is is on WhatsApp, and there's a whole other conversation about whether or not we should all be using products made by the company formerly known as Facebook. But that is for another day. So, Indeed. with time in mind, is there anything else you wanted to discuss on the the new iPhones, or should we move on to the quite considerable Apple Watch section? I think we should. Yeah, let's on. move on. We've got a lot yeah. to discuss. Cool, cool, cool. Well. Uh, <laughs> There's a new Apple Watch. Well, there's three new Apple Watches, but there's a genuinely new Apple Watch. Uh, so let's start yes. with it before we, we look at the other two. Mm. It's been rumored for a while that we'd have an Apple Watch Pro because uh, Apple tends to call all its things Pro. But it uh, it surprised us and called it Apple Watch Ultra instead, which, uh, depending on your point of view, either steals from uh, Samsung or uh, is a slow continuing on of the you know the M1 Ultra uh, chip that they announced uh, last yeah. year. So that is the... the the last time I, I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, it's the last time I recall them um, calling something that. So you've got Plus, Max, and Ultra this year, and this is a seven hundred and ninety nine dollar, eight hundred forty nine pound smartwatch. One price only comes in cellular, and this really is pitched at the outdoors extreme sports crowd. Mm. Probably more than we might have predicted. Like it was rumored a yeah. while back that that was the case. And then if I'm kind of looking at some of the rumors, they kind of scaled back a bit, a little bit more uncertain. Like, oh, it's just going to be a pro. It's just going to be like, uh, you know, nicer, slightly bigger. Slightly bigger, better battery. Exactly. But it's not. This is like a full on. It looks like a tank, doesn't it? It's like a thicker 49 millimeter case. Mm. It's got a raised uh, bezel, a flat display. It's got a a new digital crown that looks like a cog in in some big machine. It's got like an international orange button on the side um you can operate with gloves on it's always that color apparently because that's what it's used in mountaineering diving all these other things and it's really apple seemingly taking it to brands like garmin and sunto being like yeah we can do this too and so they would believe is that they can make it more accessible and more attractive Mm -hmm. um and so i think this is pretty clever because it does appeal to that crowd it'll be interesting once we've reviewed and once other outlets have reviewed to see if the battery life claim is as good as they say they they went yeah, to great yeah. lengths to have people from actual uh, you know triathletes on there uh, saying you know you could run you could do a full triathlon and this will still have battery left right because it says 36 hours or 60 hours on some of the low power modes that you can put it into but uh lewis mm-hmm. you're a big apple watch uh, fan what do you make of the ultra and do you think this is i mean because to, to me what how i was going to sort of look at it would be like these people might buy it but it's also very cleverly aspirational uh, product as well because yeah. it just about yeah. looks like something you could get away with wearing day to day as an Apple Watch. See, that's why I, th- I thought that, and then I saw pictures of people wearing it. Um, so, so it my, my, you know, 
prior to its announcement, I was kind of on board with like a bigger, you know, chunkier Apple Watch with a bit more battery and a bigger screen because I the one thing I want is more battery life on my Apple Watch. Yep. Like I'm, that's all. I'm not asking for a lot. <laughs> um, but then I saw it, and now and I saw it on people's wrists, and it's it's big. Like it's seriously big on the wrist. It's not just big as in kind of width. Like it it's tall. Like it's it's a chunky boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, and I think yeah. To be honest, I wouldn't get the most out of it. That's the thing. Like even if I I I splashed out the money and I got it, like. I'm not doing triathletes. I'm not going like, you know, all these specialist things that they've added support for like diving and being able to kind of, you know, uh, tell you when you're diving and, and kind of, you know, if you're, if you're going down too fast or if you're coming up too mm-hmm. quickly or whatever, all that kind of stuff, that's great. But I'm never going diving. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, <laughs> it's, it's a cool product, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause usually I do want the best of the best available mm-hmm. for everything. Cause I'm like, I just want the best experience. But for this, I'm like, no, that's not for me. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm just not interested in it. And it's, it's really interesting that they've managed to do that. Yeah. Is that, is that what you'd say, Nairon? What was your take yeah, on this? Or this? Was, it's kind of one of those rare, I mean, not necessarily in terms of design, but it's one of those rare cases where Apple is pushing something to extremes and saying, you can use this device in like the, all the most extreme environments around the world and it will hold up and it will last incredibly long and all these sort of things. Um, but I'm obviously not the target market for that, but I can definitely see the appeal. And going with head-to-head with some of these other brands, but there's still an Apple Watch, and it'll still work with iOS really well and all the, the apps that it already mm-hmm. does. I can see it doing quite well in that specific market. Well, that's the edge it's got, really, isn't it? Because you've got Garmin, you've got all that, and they're good at the outdoor stuff already, but they're not great at software i don't think like they're fine but it's not like apple watch level kind of detail with the software and then you also get watch os generally you know Mm -hmm. as as well as all these really endurance specific features you get watch os that's what i was going to say like yeah you're totally right and it's why apple can take its time generally with every kind of accessory or service that is linked to the iphone because it has the iphone um which you know accounts for over half of its revenue every year which is just insane and so yeah like exactly (laughs) like you say People were like, oh, my Garmin is better. And they are, and they have been better than the Apple Watch for most, uh, you know, sort of serious professional or, you know, serious um, athletes in, in, in that realm. But now, yeah, you're like, oh, it does actually work with my iPhone. And I can still get texts from my partner when, you know, and they've totally made the right call by making it cellular only. Um, mm-hmm. That'll yeah. annoy people if they're not on the right network or, you know, if it's not supported in your country. Um, but it is the right call because, like you say, you were mentioning there, you can wear it out. If you're literally on the top of Everest, that's what they hope mm-hmm. anyway. You know, yeah. that's the kind of aspirational thing that they're going for there. You know, you're, you're more oh, likely yeah. just to be in like, you know, Epping Forest or something. But um, <laughs> you won't have to take your iPhone with you if you are in a place yeah. where it's going to like freeze and, and break, right? A um, mm-hmm. lot of cool features on there. It, they've redesigned the Compass app uh, for it to make more sense. And, and uh, the bigger screen is also going to help. But I think it's cool that you've got those buttons on the side, which are a lot more functional now. And then little things yeah. like the breadcrumb, breadcrumb trail. Uh, we've seen those on other devices, but like you say, um, I'm reviewing a Garmin watch at the moment, uh, which has that, that feature and it's a little clunky and it's also on a watch with like a black and white display. I mean, I'm getting to the weeds a little bit. That's because this watch is solar (laughs) and it's meant to last for a whole month, which it does without charging, which is great. That is better than the Apple watch, but yeah, it's going to be a really nice looking well thought out thing that Apple's done there. Um, Mm. And yeah, I don't think any of us are going to go and buy one, but no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll stick with this with the Series Eight. I think well, Series Nine now. 
No, wait, what, well, what are we on? It's been a long week, though. So we're, we're on, on series, series eight. eight. Yeah. Yes, series eight. I'm just so confused. Which we will talk about in a bit. But I mean, uh, is there any other thoughts you had on the Ultra? Do you think that people, do you think this is going to be the one where finally, like you say, like people will buy the uh, Pro Max or they'll buy the MacBook Pro, especially if it comes to mind for like people who might splash out on it, even if they don't quite need what's under the hood. For some yeah. reason, even though this watch is both cheaper than an iPhone Pro and a MacBook Pro, it, this is going to be the one that people don't go for, right? Hundred percent, yeah. I think so. I think it's just yeah, the design more than anything. I think will put you know, it's it's great for the people that do go hiking and they want this durable design. But for everyday life, you don't want something that thick, and especially if you want it for sleep tracking and stuff like that, you mm. don't want that chunky ball in your wrist. Mm. And the, the, there are features on the Pro iPhone and the MacBook Pro which are like um, they're nice to have. I could see myself using them. Not not crucial. Whereas many of the unique features on the Ultra are features that no one during everyday use is actually going to use. So unless yeah, unless exactly. it's going to encourage you to suddenly become an extreme athlete or something or do yep. a hike or anything like that, you you know you're not going to get the most out of it. And you know you're not really compromising just going for the Series 8. I think you've hit on it there, mm-hmm. Nyron. You, you, you've revealed that when we buy all these expensive other products, then we kind of kid ourselves we're going to use the features. It's because they're <laughs> very much indoor features. It's like, yeah, I could uh, I could uh, use you know Final Cut Pro to make my music video at some point, probably. <laughs> That's why I need the Pro. But yeah, like you say, you're not going to be able to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go and dive to you know 100 meters or whatever. <laughs> and my w- <laughs> Got to go climb Everest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it is interesting and... Um, I think it's. I think it will end up being quite a fascinating first generation product, and whether or not we'll still be talking about you know the ultra Apple Watch in five or ten years, or if this will just be like a little experiment Apple does. I can't quite. We don't know, and they never reveal no. how many they sell either, and so they'll also paper over if it, if it if it's not a success. But the other thing is that the price is very competitive for the feature set. It Having is, a yeah. look around, there are competitive watches from other brands that, that do the same sort of things that are well over $1,000 or pounds. So that price, even though it seems a lot compared to the couple of other watches we'll talk about now, it is actually well-priced. And for an Apple product, that is uh, unusual, even though yeah. <laughs> we've decided it's too expensive to say for that. us. And it is odd to say it because... <laughs> it is well-priced and it's actually well-balanced yeah. as well. Like you're getting good value for money. Yeah, totally. Um and so let's talk about the second Apple Watch uh, on our list. And that's the Apple Watch Series 8, not the 9. We're getting slightly ahead of ourselves. But it could be uh, perhaps... It runs watchOS 9. I think that's where <laughs> I got it. watchOS 9. Uh, but what do we think here? So like the, the Apple Watch Series 8 is basically an Apple Watch Series 7, which I'm yep. going to say is also basically an Apple Watch Series mm. 6. But what Apple has done yep. each year is add a new sensor and I'll give it its due yes. that the one on the Series 8 is quite important. They've added a skin temperature sensor, and the main application that they'll be able to use mm-hmm. for this is menstrual cycle tracking, uh, which includes you know, working out when you're ovulating, if there are any discrepancies in your uh, period, which uh, you can then use to inform a bit like their irregular heart notifications. They're kind of saying, hey, you might just want to check this, and that can only be a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's mm-hmm. good to see that uh, on the watch, and particularly compared to something like the uh, Samsung Galaxy Watch uh, 5 series that we recently reviewed on the show, <laughs> which added a skin yeah. temperature sensor, and then they were basically like, don't know what that's for yet. We'll have a think about that. We'll let you know. <laughs> so Apple, give it yeah. its due. If, it, if it's got to the point where it doesn't think it can improve its product, it's selling this. Uh, is it the same price as the one last year? That's one thing I haven't checked. I think oh, it's I slightly more in the UK. Yeah, I yeah. think it is. 
but it's 300 I think it starts at 4 I think it starts at 419 in the UK that's, or 429 419 yeah. Hmm. yeah yeah and in the in the US yeah, it's so. 399 which I believe is the same as before for the 40 millimeter yep. or the 45 where you go up uh, you know 50 or so dollars or pounds um, they've also got rid of the blue and green models if you wanted those, you can no longer get them. Blue Squad, there. My fave. Lewis showing his blue uh, Apple Watch there. But otherwise, it really does look Matches like... my blue iPhone. The, <laughs> it really does it's look like it. this is the, the same watch as last year with a fe hardware feature that means yeah. there's a software feature that you don't get if you don't upgrade, which is very clever of Apple. Um, I will say on, on the skin, on the temperature sensor, what differentiates it, uh, differentiates it from the Samsung Galaxy Watch 5 is that <clears throat> Apple's actually got two. Yep. They've got one on the bottom that senses your skin, and then it's got one just underneath the display to sense the ambient room temperature, so they know that you're not, one's not influenced by the other. Okay. Um, and it can also be used um, to help improve sleep tracking as well, because you're your the blood vessel your blood kind of travels around your body a little bit better and there's better heat distribution around your body when you're asleep so they can use that to better track your sleep and your sleep cycle and stuff like that which is good because i've been testing out the sleep tracking with my series 7 mm. and it's not very good <laughs> no why is that <laughs> no. it's just light on data? um it's just i mean it's not even that it's light on data it's a big improvement on what it used to be where it just told you when you're in bed but i find that it's not very good at knowing when you've gone to sleep ah like it, it's um like i i you know i don't fall asleep straight away. I'm kind of tossing his home for about half an hour before I drift off. But like, according to my Apple Watch, within about five minutes, right. I'm asleep. Uh, Even though I'm still moving around mm. in bed, I'm not just laying there. I'm actively moving around trying to get comfortable, but it will say that I'm asleep. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I know that's a lie. So with that, then it kind of makes me doubt what the, how accurate the rest of it is. So hopefully that, little, that new sensor makes a bit of a difference there. I've always found it hard to judge wearables and their sleep tracking because like you say, unless there's a big... Thing that's definitely incorrect like that then generally yeah. they're all mm. fairly good if they've got a heart rate sensor and like a motion tracker in them of being like yeah you're asleep so yeah. this time and this time and uh, you should probably be asleep longer <laughs> it's hard to kind of test <laughs> yeah, them exactly. have you tested many of those Aniron? do you use sleep tracking features on mm, anything i mean i'll test them if i'm testing a wearable that's got it but i it, as you say it's really frustrating when there's one where it's obviously way out with what it's saying um so I, I guess Apple's approach of, to this point, limited data, but make sure you get it right. And then hopefully this will make it a properly in-depth sleep data that means the recommendations they provide are more accurate. I can, I can get behind that. And obviously, um, one of the mm -hmm. other announcements last night was about the, the low power mode. Yes. Coming to all, yes. all the recent, yeah, that, yeah. All the recent um, Apple Watches from Series 4, I think. That's correct, yeah. Um, yep. So it means that... You don't have to, because I imagine a lot of people are charging, maybe not every night, but they're charging the Apple Watch overnight. And now they wouldn't have to worry to the same level about sleep tracking while while they're like wearing it while they're in bed. So I think that's definitely a good feature. I reviewed the Apple Watch Series 7, and I genuinely thought it had a low power mode. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that. I guess it did it used to go into like a power saving mode it and you hit like goes into around. a power yeah like a let's like say 10 mode where it just literally will just display the time and that's it yeah, i put my hands up i got that one wrong so this is pretty crazy then that they've only just added something that's been on the iphone for years yeah mm. and they haven't got it on the ipad yet, but no one seems to talk about that yeah <laughs> no low power <laughs> so. mode or calculator on the ipad so. <laughs> yeah they're not even getting ipad os 16 yet so no it's delayed isn't it oh yeah it is, yeah. So probably should say that about the iPhone. Um, iOS 16, the software that the update that comes with it, that's being pushed out to everyone else on uh, Monday the 12th. Yep. As is watchOS 9. That's also out on Monday the 12th. 
Um, if you're on the public beta, you can install it now. I still haven't been pushed. I've, that, uh, I've been on the beta. Yeah, I don't know what's going on I with know, yours. I've yeah. been on it for like three weeks, and I still haven't been pushed the one that you got this morning on my phone. Oh, so I don't know what's going on there. What Tim Apple sorting out? Tim. Uh, what, one other thing I was going to say <laughs> about the Series Eight, perhaps a sign that it was basically the seven, and they didn't have to do much supply chain wise, is that you could pre-order it as soon as the event finished yesterday. Um, so that is up for pre-order right now, uh, but it is also delayed for a few countries. So Apple's obviously doing some things behind the scene there, but that will go on sale the same day as the uh, iPhones, the 16th in most countries. Feel free to other, also chip in, guys, if there's anything else about the 8, but also wanted to briefly mention uh, the product that Aniron you covered last night, which mm-hmm. is the Apple Watch SE. We'll call it the SE2, but obviously yes, Apple's just going to continue yeah. to call it the <laughs> SE. Uh, yeah. I kind of thought maybe they would, well, thank goodness that they finally got rid of the Apple Watch Series 3, which <laughs> until, unbelievably, until yesterday morning, was a, a watch from 2017 that was still on sale and completely unsupported by the new software that they were pushing all year, yep. by the way. Uh, so what's the, it's a new SE, it's not just the old one sold for any cheaper. Mm-hmm. What, what's, all, what's the new one about? I mean, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the main upgrade is the chipset, so it's up to the, the same S8 chip that is actually in the, the regular Series 8 and the Ultra. So that's the main change. Sweet. So Apple Apple said up to 20% performance increase, um, which, should, which should, be, should be the, I mean, it should at least be noticeable. And obviously it's quite rare for them to have a two a two year gap between products. So yeah. there'll be there'll be a reason to buy this one. Uh, the other one is that it's also getting the, the crash detection feature that's in the other Apple watches and, and some very subtle kind of design changes. So like the back case, the colour there matches whichever colour you're going for, but in, I like that. That was a really nice little touch. Yeah, yeah I wasn't expecting. Cool. So just like a more consistent design, and it looks, you know, when you bought the new one, you know, despite <laughs> it being a really a minor upgrade. Um, yeah. I think I think they advertised the price drop in the US, but it's a price in, slight price increase in the UK and some other markets. Sweet. So it starts at love it. Yeah, it starts at uh, two hundred fifty nine pounds or two hundred forty nine dollars, and then. Jump up to the cellular. You're talking three hundred nineteen pounds or two hundred ninety nine dollars. So it's it's significantly more affordable than even the Series Eight, and a really good entry point into the world of Apple Watches, which retains a lot of those core features. You're not sacrificing on performance. Um, so I think it's a nice all rounder. And I've heard that a lot of parents often get it for their their children if they don't want them to have an iPhone yet, but still want to like keep an eye on where they are and for safety reasons and things like that. So I think at that price. Um, I think it, I think it's a really good option for them and for people like new to the world of Apple Watches and rather than buying a wearable that's five years old, they can actually buy a new one that's still yeah. still got a lot to offer. <laughs> yeah, they've done it the right way around this time, and you're going to miss some of the things like the the sensor on the Series Eight, and then mm-hmm. uh, oh man, I've, whatever sensor was on the Series Seven probably isn't on there. So you're not going to get blood oxygen yes, right. monitoring yes, yes. or, 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 the, or the ECG <laughs> sensor either. No, nope, you don't um, get that either. Uh, and you don't get always on display. I'm about to say that, that's the other thing that the watch can definitely do that they are holding yes, back 100%. to upsell you uh, to the Series 8. And it sounds like a nuts thing, doesn't it? But once I'd used an Apple Watch with an always on display, I was like, I don't think I can use one without one now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because it just makes it's, it's just a, a, it's a watch. I've been spoiled. <laughs> I look at the time. I yeah. need to see it all the time. Yeah. Unlike the phone. Yeah. Like it's the complete oh, opposite yeah. to what I was saying about the iPhone. I need it on the watch. <laughs> yeah. And, and they scale, like we said, with the iPhone uh, 14 Pro with the always on display, they scale it down to one hertz pretty much anyway, I believe, mm-hmm. on that watch, yeah. if not 10. So it doesn't use much battery 
Uh, but again, with the yeah. SE and the 8, unlike the Ultra, you're pretty much going to be charging these every night. You might even want to stick them on the charger before you hop into bed. I think you need about 30% battery for it to definitely <coughs> excuse me, register your sleep. Uh, so that was a lot of watches. Um, pretty cool. I reckon we'd all probably <laughs> be in the camp of getting the 8 uh, if we if we yeah. had the money. I think so, yeah. We've got a few minutes left, and again, uh, the leaks were correct in that this product was coming, uh, but we didn't necessarily have all of the features uh, to, to hand until the presentation, which was for the uh, new AirPods Pro. Again, just mm -hmm. Apple AirPods Pro, but for SEO purposes, Apple AirPods Pro 2. Uh, this is actually, oh, if we thought a two-year gap between SE and SE watches was big, this was a three-year gap. I think it was the end, just under three years, the end of uh, the year yeah. in 2019, just before COVID. It was, yeah. That we got the uh, the AirPods Pro, which uh, I, I think genuinely, I've, I've, you know, I'm a critic of Apple where where we need to be, but the AirPods Pro are one of the best Apple products I've ever used. 100%. 100%. Although, yeah. I go back to them over the Macs. Yeah. Like, I've got the Macs mm -hmm. here and I, I still prefer the Pros. Yeah, the Pros, like other brands have caught up now in terms of the quality of the noise cancellation, but those originals yes. are incredibly good. And just you personally as well, that just that side, like people's ears aren't perfect circles. <laughs> I don't know why no, companies yeah. make earbuds with circular uh, tips because the, <laughs> the, the, the AirPods yeah. Pros just have that little kind of oval shape to them and they fit my ears very well at least. Uh, but the new ones... And what I do like is that sorry. they don't feel as, as in-ear. as You know, they, they are in-ear buds, but they don't feel kind of as, as plugged up and, and you know, bulky yep. as some of, some of them they, do. I just, I think they're really comfortable. They are. I, I no, you're right. Love they are. They're a very good design. <laughs> uh, but we've got a new pair now, uh, and they replaced the we old do. pair at, I believe, the same price, which is always nice. 249 yeah, US you. dollars. Um What's new? Well, they say they've improved that noise cancellation by two times, which is obviously very difficult to quantify. <laughs> and we'll have to get them in for review hopefully soon to find out what that means. Um, but I mean, it's probably what it says it means, right? Is this is going to be even closer, two times yeah, twice as good. It's going to be even closer <laughs> to the, the over-ear headphones that we're wearing now that can pretty yeah. much uh, drown out. Well, they used a pneumatic drill as the, uh, uh, the example in yesterday's keynote, but that was also to demonstrate a more uh, improved transparency mode. Again, that's a branding name that Apple uses, but transparency mode is where you press and hold the stem of the uh, AirPod and it will let in the, the sound around you. And again, I must admit, Apple's transparency mode is very good. <laughs> Other it brands really can do it, but I always find that there's like uh, an audible static hiss or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apple's yes. very good. I think they, they just nailed the spatial audio aspect of it as well. Like you, you hear the sound from behind you. Yeah. If it's coming from behind you in real life, it's just, it's, yeah, you react as you would naturally. And I don't really find that with a lot of the other transparency mm -hmm. modes. And so what they've then addressed, yeah, as, uh, as we were just uh, saying, is that they were, are more adaptive now, supposedly. So Apple is claiming that if you're yes. out and about and you do have that bloke with the pneumatic drill, it will recognize somehow that that is not a sound that you want to be creeping in and you'd rather be listening to the person you're with or, you know, the traffic. Uh, so we'll have to see if that has worked as well. One thing that our uh, colleague Chris Martin wrote about today, though, was something that Apple has not brought to the AirPods Pro, which we rather hope they would. And that is support for lossless audio. So it's the high-res codec. Yeah. And the reason we bring it up is because Apple supports lossless playback in Apple Music. Most tr new and even old, actually, tracks, if I'm scrolling through Apple Music, support lossless playback. But oh, yeah. you cannot 
take advantage of lossless playback on any of Apple's wireless AirPods, <laughs> of which all of them. They've even got their own <laughs> lossless codec. Yeah. Like they've, only, they've got their own codec. They just haven't put support for it in anything. So to take advantage of it, you're going to need a dongle, probably with a decent DAC in it, or you're going to need to like yeah. root Apple Music through. I mean, this is above my knowledge base, to be honest. This is where we needed Chris here. Uh, but Apple Music, <laughs> it has gone above Spotify. It, it, it yeah, like, uh, yeah, has, it has a high risk level. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for roughly the same monthly price. But AirPods don't, uh, they're not compatible with it. And I don't understand, no. I don't understand why that is. But well, one thing they have added, uh, which again, pretty cool, uh, but not the first uh, earbuds to do this, the little stem, as well as being pinchable, uh, is, has now got a tiny little uh, surface on it where you can swipe up and down to change the volume. Uh, which is one thing that was yeah. missing from the AirPods that other I like that yeah it's good that other buds have. I mean, do you think this isn't going to be enough for people to upgrade? I, I guess this is another thing where Apple is just replacing the old one, and now when people need or want AirPods, uh, they're going to probably go for these ones. I mean, coming as someone that bought the first gen AirPods literally the first day they came out, the I went down to Covent Garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pro, sorry, yeah, uh, I went down to Covent Garden, bought them first day, loved them. I really want the new ones. Like I'm, I'm so on board with getting these new ones. So I feel like there's probably going to be a, a lot more people like me. I mean, it's, it's, it, again, it's clever, and, and probably uh, if we if we're to end on on a slightly down buzz tone here, is that the the, the one thing, the one bad thing about wireless uh, earbuds is that their battery life is somewhat limited. My uh, AirPods Pro do not last as long as they used to, and that's just a Ooh. fact of lithium-ion batteries being used continuously and being charged continuously. So Apple did make a big point in the. Uh, presentation both about phones i believe um, and they may have even mentioned it about the airpods is that you can go and recycle them don't just chuck them in the bin you can take them to an apple store they apparently will recycle them properly for you or at least better than you would do if you put them in your recycling bin at home uh but yeah new airpods pro completely lost my train of thought they're talking about recycling uh <laughs> it's been a really so we just rattle off a few of the other little a, features on it's there been a long <laughs> week. i was gonna say something yeah. else uh, and Iron, what do you reckon? Well, so, was I right in thinking? I mean, I've noted it down that there's a slight improvement to battery life as well. There you go. Yeah, six, six, six hours, hours for charging. Yeah. Oh, save um, me. Thank you. 30 hours from the case. So <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. And they've also got a speaker on the outs on the case now and find my integration on the case. Oh, yeah. So you can now find the case as well as the buds. So I was going to say, um, because there's a speaker on the case. What does that do? As a speaker so yeah when you go on the find my app to locate your, your buds you can play you can hit that button that you can with an iphone and other products where it'll just make a little chirpy noise mm -hmm. which makes it easier to find because i've lost airpods so many times and the tracking never works uh, i need that little yeah. audible prompt um so yeah i'm i'm here for that i don't like the little lanyard i was about out. to I say that makes it look really ugly. why have they put a little lanyard on it <laughs> that's so ugly uh, which i presume you have to buy the lanyard separately Oh yeah, it's not going to come with it. Don't be silly. Probably cost an extra fifty quid. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the uh, the iPod Touches you could get a lanyard for, and of course the original yeah. iPod yeah, yeah. Shuffle had its own lanyard uh, accessory that you could buy. You can also get uh, it engraved for free, including now with your own emoji. Wow, which is probably the most Apple thing of the whole announcement, to be honest. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, those are also available for pre-order, I believe, this Friday. I'm going to chance it and say that. But everything is coming pretty soon, right? If you want to get your hands on these yeah, exactly. Apple. Yeah, videos. so you can pre-order the AirPods Pro this Friday. They're not out until the 23rd. I think it's the following Friday after the iPhone. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so basically, so if you yeah, want any of Apple's new stuff, uh, this Friday is the time to pre-order, and you'll hopefully have it if you get in that first wave of deliveries by the end of September kind of time, hopefully before. Fingers crossed. Yeah. 
So I guess that is our Apple Bonanza uh, completed. Well, what was your favorite? We what did was your it. Favorite product, specific product that was announced yesterday. Uh, I'm gonna go with the iPhone 14 Pro Max just because of that dynamic island. I love that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely gonna turn some heads. What about you and Iron? If you were, I mean, I don't personally like smartwatches that much, but as as a base product, I think the Series 8 still is that gold standard in that certain category. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> only slight improvements, but it only really needed slight improvements to still be almost like the benchmark by which you still judge so many other companies. So I think tweaking it, usually I'd criticize a slight, you know, minor upgrade and to upgrade it every year. But mm. I think to just keep it one step ahead of the money of much of the competition was a good move. We already know it's gonna it's gonna be very well reviewed and it's it's going to be a good a good smartwatch, and at the same price in most countries, then it's definitely good value. I'm pretty excited to try out those AirPods, uh, but I must say yeah. I am intrigued by the Apple Watch Ultra. Um, I want I, I want to I want to put it on and see if it looks ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. I just got to see yeah, it on my wrist. Fun. I need to see it because I've got fairly big wrists, so yeah. I need to see what it's I like on it's my be wrist. Too big. I think I think given my experience with the first generation, I think the AirPods Pro two are the ones that I'm excited about. But we should be having reviews of any and all of these products soon on Tech Advisor. So keep it tuned. And I'm sure we will discuss them on Fast Charge when we have done so. Uh, so that's us for today. Thank you for joining us if you're watching live or indeed if you're listening after the fact, you can hear us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere else, but you already knew that. But tell a friend. Thank you for joining <laughs> me, Lewis and Aniron. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next week to talk more about tech. Until then, see you later. See ya. Bye.